Hello, everybody. Welcome to 12 Bar News, the music nerd podcast brought to you by music nerds for music nerds about music nerd things. Tonight, I'm your host, The Brave Badger, and I will be presenting you a look back at an episode we did in season one, and it was all about Connor Oberst and our favorite albums from him and why we thought they were good. I was joined by The Scared Fox and Bullwinkle, and we each had a list of top 10 Bright Eyes, Connor, Mystic Valley Band, Monsters of Folk, uh, any projects that Connor was the main driving force for, or a main driving force for. And I thought that in honor of the new companion releases that I would dust off those old tapes and bring you a refreshed, nice, uh, edited version of our main event called Four Winds. So join me, won't you, for a trip down memory lane. Now we're going to be moving on to the main event of the podcast. This week, we will be discussing all things Connor Oberst. We will be ranking our 10 favorite Connor Oberst albums. Uh, this includes Bright Eyes, Better Oblivion, uh, solo stuff. This includes uh, Monsters of Folk, any band where Connor is a driving creative force for the band is included in this list. And what we're going to do, instead of doing a full top 10, we are going to give each person 45 seconds to describe their 10 through six. And we are going to be having Jeff, Badger's twin brother, waiting in the wings with a timer for if we go over. He's going to, he's just going to dick us if, if we go over. So we're going to try and do 10 through six in 45 seconds. I wasn't told I was going to be dicking anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and we are actually going to have Bullwinkle start us off. So get the timer ready, Jeff. And also get that pen ready to sign my check. You got to get that pen ready to sign my check. I got it. I got it. Okay. So are we ready, Bullwinkle? Ready. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. So the bottom half of my list at number 10, I had When Jamie Went to London. Um, I picked this album because it's the only album where Connor Obers is solely playing drums. Number nine, I had Casadega. Um, the interesting fact on this one is it's listed number 12 on Rolling Stone's top albums of 2007. And number eight, another Bright Eyes album, it was Fevers and Mirrors. Um, I had noted that there's nothing really special about the album as a whole, but it's pretty well written and it fits in well with the Bright Eyes trope. Um, at number seven, I had Outer South. Um, this one's kind of a mixed bag. Some songs are really good, like Roosevelt Room, Snake Hill, um, To All the Lights. And other songs really suck, like Cabbage Town, Big Black Nothing, and Ten Women. Uh, number six is People's Key. It was going to be my number five, but I pushed it down because I wanted to pick another non-Bright Eyes album to put in that spot. Oh, got it. All right. It's in just under the time. Very nicely done, Bullwinkle. Nicely done. All right, and now we're going to move on to Badgers. Jeff, get the clock ready. You ready, Badger? Ready as I ever am, Jeff. <laughs> five. Four. Three. Three. Two, Two, one. one. So, 
My top 10 albums are Ruminations by Connor Oberst. Now, this one was originally just supposed to be demos that he was going to send out to the rest of the band, but then he was like, oh, okay, I'll send it. Okay, and so we got a lot of money. Then he went on White Awake's Morning. This was a double album with another electric album, and it's one of everybody's favorites. It's a cool album. Monsters of Folk, this was a great collaboration with M. Ward, James... Jim James and a bunch of other people that were already in Bright Eyes. And it's just a really cool album. It has a lot of good songs and it's featured in The Roots. That's a good band. All right, the Connor Oberst. This is their solo album. It was his first solo album. It has a lot of good songs on it. It didn't make my list because there are so many other better ones, but it was a great album. And Casadega was number six. <laughs> Career as an auctioneer there, uh, Badger. I like the energy. I might. I might. <laughs> very, very energetic. I couldn't even. Uh, Jeff, you didn't give me the 10 second timer. <laughs> you just gave me the finger, too. I'm going to tell mom. <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to my 10 through 6. Hopefully, I can uh, get this done in 45 seconds. All right. Are you ready, Mr. Fox? I am. We're going to start in five, four, three, two, one. At number 10, I put Monsters of Folk, like Badger said. Great collaboration, lots of good minds coming together. Uh, number nine, Digital Ash, Digital Earn. This is actually the first Bright Eyes album that someone else suggested to me. Uh, it has a sentimental value to me, but it just didn't quite make it uh, you know, higher up on my list. Uh, and then I put Lifted or The Story is in the Soil, Keep Your Ear to the Ground. Well, that one's going to take off some of my time. Uh, great album, you know, Bright Eyes, just killing it. And then I went to Fevers and Mirrors at number seven. Just to, you know, Bright Eyes is awesome. And, uh, you know, this one's great. Didn't didn't get up high enough. Then I put Outer South, which is uh, probably one of my favorite albums that Connor's been involved in. Just not quite high enough. Is that, that number six? That was number six. I got, nice. barely got it. I finished my sentence as the timer went. Nice. Um, okay. Uh, now that that stressful part is out of the way and we can actually get into the real, uh, the, the, the good stuff where we actually get to take a little bit of time to tell you why the next five albums are what we consider the best Connor Oberst albums. And we are going to continue in the order we were going. So Bullwinkle is going to start you off with number five. All right. So my number five is Read Music, Speak Spanish by the Desperacitos. Um, I like this album a lot. It's more defined by a punk rock type of genre than Oberst standard emo rock that we're all really familiar with. Um, (laughs) Um, it's definitely got that grungier, like taking back Sunday, early brand new take, but before they were really synonymous with that type of sound, it's a lot of scream singing. Um, the lyrics are socially conscious. Um, the album as a whole is just very good. Uh, favorite song on that I had was greater Omaha. So that's my number five. Good. Number five, uh, Badger, you're number five. Yes. So my number five was lifted. Or the story is in the soil. Keep your ear to the ground. So this one is by Bright Eyes. It's the oldest album I made my top ten. It has every song on it is great. It came out in 2002, and so I would consider early Bright Eyes in his studio days of the early days, not the home studio one. But 
it was very well produced. It includes string sessions, uh, steel guitar, and that's really defines a lot of his newer music. It had the big hit "Lover I Don't Have to Love," which isn't one of my favorite songs, but like I said, all the songs are great. Um, I was really into this album when I was in my first time of college when it was an art school, so I wore out a good many burned copies while I was painting and doing drugs. It uh, opened up <laughs> it opened me up a lot to a lot of folk music, like more obscure Bob Dylan and a lot more of the folkier side of, of history of music. And it's really nostalgic listening back to it. Some of my highlights were false advertising, bowl of oranges, and from a balanced beam. Very nice. Uh, great, great album. I had it. It made my top 10, you know. Uh, I'm going to put I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning at number five. Uh, now, this album as probably my favorite opening song to a, a Connor Oberst album with At the Bottom uh, of Everything. Uh, the story that it, the little story he tells in the beginning is it makes me laugh and it shouldn't. But uh, this just continues Connor's trend with uh, solid songwriting. I, I honestly don't think there's a bad song on the album. The worst song on the album to, for me is probably Poison Oak. Great song, just just not quite you know uh as good as some of the other songs everybody knows the song first day of my life off of this album i know it's been used commercially which is disgusting but we all gotta make money somehow yeah um but it has one of my favorite bright eyes songs of all time on it uh lua which is just um yeah rip Rest in peace, little girl. But Lou is just uh, an amazing song. Um, we are nowhere in it's now. This song, this album is just full of some of my favorite Bright Eyes songs. I just uh, just didn't quite crack the uh, the top for me. Um, when once once you hear the other the, the other four I got, I think you'll understand why. So that's it for my number five. Now with number five done, we are going to be moving on to Bullwinkle's number four. All right, number four, I had Monsters of Folk. Um, this album was originally billed as the Traveling Wilburys of our generation when it came out. It does, however, fall short of that title, but it's overall a very solid album. That's a high uh, the har- <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's a high bar to yeah, leap over. Very. Um, the harmonies are actually really good. Obviously, I mean, you have uh, Jim James in there. Mm. Um, kind of floats over the melody and often overshadows Connor Ober's lyrics and things like that. The thing that I kept being reminded of through the entire album is how reminiscent of the Beatles it sounds. Uh, there are bits and pieces that it just sounds like that's who you're listening to. Slow Down Joe is definitely very Beatles-esque, especially with those harmonies and um, the lyrics and all that. Uh, I did notice that they use a drum track, so that is a, that's a strike against the album. Um, I do like that they provide some sage... Ad- uh, shut up. <laughs> Some sage advice in uh, never buying anything from a man named Truth, which I've never met a man named Truth, but going forward, I know uh, not to trust that guy. You never and met then, Mr. B- Truth? No, have you? Yeah, he was my yeah? science teacher. <laughs> he's, <sighs> he's the one that told me the earth was flat and the dinosaurs gave us AIDS. Well, never buy anything from that guy. I did. I bought snake <laughs> oil. And then Clearly. when I tried to give it to my snake, he's like, what? I'm just confused. 
But I, that's funny you said the the thing about the Beatles. I've never picked that up from there, but that song, now that I think about it, it does have that kind of sound to it. Yeah, it just sticks. And then it's not like there's anything wrong with that. It's just, yeah. it's how I hear it. And so a lot of good bands do that as well. Right. I mean, there's nothing original anymore anyway. So, and uh, M. Ward played a big part in this album, his writing style. And I think that sometimes Connors was out, out of there, but he was definitely the Bob Dylan of the Wilburys uh, in this case. Yeah. And I don't like that comparison. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I never heard but, of that before. Yeah. When I was doing my research, that's what I kept coming across. And I was always like, really? Traveling yeah. Wilburys? You serious? Yeah, no, <laughs> like, it's good, but like, come on. The Traveling Wilburys, <laughs> I would have thought, were, would be that um, video that and the collaboration with Jenny Lewis, um, where they did the Wilbury song, Handle with Me With Care, and it was Connor and M. Ward and uh, Ben Gibbard and a bunch yeah. of other people. Uh, yep. But yeah. Right, well, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a little strange, but definitely the Beatles thing, now that you say it, I feel that too. Yep. Um, definitely shines through. Uh, we are going to move on to Badger's number four. Number four for me is Upside Down Mountain by Connor Oberst. This album came out in 2014, and I really listened to it nonstop. Uh, it didn't make anybody else's list because I think they overlooked it, and for a little extent, they don't like good music. But, no, I'm kidding. The um, I think it's just so many good Connor Oberst and Bright Eyes albums that this one kind of faded into the back, but... This was the one where Dawes was their backing band for mm. where his backing bands when he went on tour and they did a crazy good tiny desk concert and the people from Dawes were there, the two brothers, and then I think yeah. the bass player was there too. But the the percussion and everything was really well done in that. And this album too, uh, Connor had said it was all about language. That was the subject matter. And so you could really tell he was exploring that instead of just being emo and sad, even though he's not in the emo scene. He sometimes is emo as a, a adjective, but um, this album comes off sounding more like lifted than a lot of his newer solo albums that have a different feel to it. So my favorite songs off this, which I really recommend, are Time Forgot, Enola Gay, Kick, which is a cool rockin' song, and You Are Your Mother's Child, which is a sweet song. And uh, I think he had a video for that one. So I would check that one out on your YouTubes. Yes, on the YouTubes. Uh, and while you're while you're on uh, YouTube looking at that, you should uh, check us definitely out. Ch- check out the other podcasts that we have put up. Our um, podcast, not uh, other people's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my number four uh, is uh, Casadega. It got pushed up a little higher on my list than the other two guys because it, it, this came out the year we graduated high school, Badger and I, uh, 2007. And uh, at that time, I was kind of lost as far as music was concerned. Uh, I had you know, left the one band that I was in and... I hadn't, I had yet to join Ordeal by Innocence. So uh, I, I thought I would do it, go it alone. And I, I thought to myself, who better than Connor Oberst to try and um, emulate? And this album was sitting there. And uh, 
it's such a good album uh four wins great you know opener you know you get songs like cleanse song which uh now to me definitely is uh the highlight of the album uh yeah. i must belong somewhere i'm song. there's just so many good songs on this album and uh this it it just uh, a little nostalgia pushed it a little bit higher because it, it it means a lot to me as an artist you know and uh connor i mean he just did what connor does uh he pokes fun at religion and the hypocrisy of it all and it, it it probably has my favorite line for wins definitely does of uh, uh of any Connor Oberst lyric and that's uh the Bible's blind the Torah is deaf and the Quran is mute uh, mute if you burn them all together you get close to the truth you know it, he's just he's such a wordsmith and I don't think there's very many albums where it's as uh, especially not before 2007 where it's as uh, relevant as this album so uh that's why it ended up at my number four now we are going to move on to bullwinkle's number three all right so number three i had lifted or the stories in the soil keep your ear to the ground but going forward i'll just call it lifted for time's sake uh rolling stone actually had this one ranked number four on his top albums of 2002 which i thought was interesting it's always nice to see him recognize some of the lesser known artists and at 2002 i would definitely say connor oberst fits in that profile uh, it's definitely one of the best lyrical pieces that Oberst has produced. One of those albums that you really need to listen to from the beginning to the end. Um, there are no real songs on it that kind of stand out. It's more of a, a concept that you just have to kind of listen to. When I was trying to figure out how to describe it overall, I found a quote from Drawer B, Drawer B which I believe is like an online review site, saying that this album is an extraordinary display of Oberst's songwriting prowess. It's obscenely ambitious and pretentious and ridiculous, but unquestionably memorable and affecting. And I think that is very appropriate for this album. So that's why it's at my number three spot. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Badger, you're number three. Yeah, so my number three album is Noise Floor, which is a collection of songs that were recorded and unreleased between 1998 and 2005. So this came out in 2006, and it's the first Bright Eyes album I ever listened to. And it really broke the prejudice that I had about him being like a whiny crap band because that's how some in the punk world looked, world looked at him um, blindly. Uh, if you can look at things blindly, that was what was happening. Because once I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is really good. It had some really awesome songs that were not emo at all. And I can see why some of these songs never made it onto other albums. But that's the thing with Connor. Some of his best songs are from EPs or single releases, like the Coyote song, uh, which we couldn't put on the, I couldn't put on my list because it was just a music video. And Smoke Without Fire, which is off the Four Winds EP. So a lot of his songs just don't fit into major albums. Uh, so the production on this album goes from heavily and beautifully produced to crackling and barely produced beautiful noise. And some of my favorite songs were Trees Get Wheeled Away, Drunk Kid Catholic, Seashell Tale, and the Daniel Johnston cover, uh, Devil Town. Very nice. Very nice. Drunk Kid Catholic is an amazing song. Yeah. Uh, I like that I, song. Yeah, I love that song. Um, we crawl from the oceans 
to paint in the caves. We're working all weekends. We've got to get paid. And it's just like chanted. It's an awesome yeah. song. Awesome song. It's a great album, too. It didn't make my top 10, but Noise Floor is. Um, it's a lot of nostalgia, too. It's the first one I listened to, like you, like I said. Yeah, the, your first out of the punk world. Um, all right, moving on to my number three is the album Connor Oberst. This was uh, not Connor's first release as Connor Oberst, uh, but it was his first big album released as Connor Oberst. I know that he had a bunch of like a bunch of like small cassette tape releases back in the early '90s when I was like four, four or five years old. So this is his first uh, solo CD. And such a good album, you know, starting out with Cape Canaveral, just uh, you think you're getting like a very specific type of sound for an album. And then you you move on into the rest of the album and it, it runs the, the gambit. He's got, you know, rockin' NYC Gone Gone in there, um, but he does slow it down again. Eagle on a Pole is, is a great song. And I don't think that there's any song that makes me as emotional for some reason as Danny Callahan. It makes me feel such sadness. Uh, yeah. Probably it just makes me think of my mom and uh, what she would do if something were to happen to me or, or either of my siblings. And uh, he just uh, kills it again as he is Connor Oberst, the greatest songwriter of uh, our generation. All time. Uh, I know. Uh, 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 yeah, he's up there. <laughs> I, we'll we'll eventually get to the list of best songwriters of all time. Mozart, will be, that kid was a punk. That kid was a punk compared <laughs> to Connor, but uh, just in general, and he laughs weird. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> you, so you're, I'm guessing you're taking the uh, movie Amadeus as complete fact. That was written by Mozart. That was his <laughs> second most famous opera. It goes, the magical flute, and then. Amadeus, Amadeus. Amadeus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, Connor Oberst, the album is fantastic. If you've never listened to it and you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what's wrong with you. Maybe um, they don't like Connor Oberst. This is their they, first time hearing about them. Yeah. They don't yeah. care for emo music. They don't They're care not for emo, emo. music. <laughs> yes, they are. No. He is, he is an emo balladeer, a country rocker, and a ferocious folky rolled into one. Into a joint? into one fat joint. All right, we are going to move on to Bullwinkle's number two. Number two, I've got I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. I know we've talked about this a little bit, so I won't touch on it too much. Um, I do like the fact that they feature Emmylou Harris on various tracks. I think that is a unique choice. Um, it definitely works well with Connor's vocals, yeah. and they, they blend pretty well together. For sure. Uh, uh, I like that they weave the personal and political tropes pretty seamlessly. I mean, you can go through all the lyrics and see, you know, they've got political persuasions in them and as well as some personal perspectives as well. Uh, favorite songs on the album, definitely Lua and Landlocked Blues. Ending ending off the album, I really enjoy Road to Joy as well. Uh, at the very end, you just have Connor screaming his face off and then you have all the horns, strings and percussion just kind of wailing under him. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of took a right turn song. from where you, yeah, I mean, you kind of expect it to end kind of solemnly, softly, and then he just kind of blows your ears off, which I kind of like. So that's why it's at my number two. It's a good album overall. It's an amazing album. Um, yep. We're going to be moving on to Badger's number two. And I, before before you start 
saying anything about the album badger i this is a an historic day the badger <gasps> and the fox have agreed on number two and number one for concert albums <laughs> could it happen it, it happened i can't believe we actually agree <laughs> No, uh, the fox and I get along and agree on most things, but uh, sometimes I got a badger emo. Yeah, dude, Connor Oberst is not an emo band. He's not from the scene. We'll we'll talk about this sometime soon. All right. Yeah, n- yeah, we will talk about this sometime soon. All right. But uh, number two, Badger, for you is salutations. So oh, yeah. this. This is is this this is released as a Connor Oberst album, right? I do believe so, yeah. 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 So this mm. is his most recent solo release. Oh, it's in my notes. Um <laughs> so <laughs> this is an epic seventeen song masterpiece. And one of the reasons it became a masterpiece, I think, is because of the production by Jim Keltner. So we have some drummers in this chat right now and uh do you know jim who he jim is? jim keltner was the drummer for the traveling wilburys and he was also the most uh bob dylan's biographer called him the leading session drummer in america he played yeah. not only for the wilburys he played for john lennon ringo george harrison neil young clapton joe crocker not to mention all these jazz and other works that he's played on and he really lent his experience to create this album and give it that feel like it could be made back in that period of time with the folk rock inspired ballads like Napalm, which just goes real mm. heavy. And it has like a feeling of the Vietnam protest days. And my favorite songs on the album are uh, Mammoth, Borthwick, Tacky yeah. Art, Tacky. I give Tachycardia. up. Tachycardia. And a little uncanny. Those are all really good songs. And yeah, tacky, 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 cardia. You're close. Tachycardia. I I think exactly how I said it is how <laughs> I looked it up. And uh, since this is my number two as well, I'm just going to continue talking. Cool. Um, yeah, this uh, this album is uh, perfect. Actually, the person who convinced me to listen to this album is Badger. Um, yep. I had taken a little bit of, of a break from listening to Connor. When I say a little bit of a break, it was a couple months. But in those months, this album came out. And it's uh, perfect. Uh, I, I really don't think that it could be made any better than it was. Every single song on the album I enjoy. Uh, I don't think there's a bad, bad song. My my standouts are uh, a little uncanny. Such a good song. Um, yeah, I miss Robin Williams too. Me too. Uh, yeah, Tachycardia is an amazing song. Mama Borthwick's awesome. Napalm. Uh, Next of Kin is such a sad song. Yeah, so good. One of the ones that I I, I want to mention is uh, Barbary Coast later. Yeah. Um. It's, it's a great ballad. If you get the chance, watch the video that that was made along with it. Fantastic uh, music video. Uh, Till St. Dipna kicks us out. Uh, holds a special place for me as a um, someone in recovery. He talks about, you know, it's all about out and, and all that. Uh, but, you know, we, you get really lucky on, you know, specific songs like Gossamer Thin when yeah. you have 
you get to bring in Jim James to sing backup for you. <laughs> like he, uh, that never he played do. bass for the whole band or for the whole album, I thought, right? Um, I don't think he does for the entire album. I, oh. I think he does for one or two songs. I know, but I have he definitely it on vinyl he sings and Yeah, he sings backup for like four or five. Yeah, he yeah. he sings backup for like four or five songs and I know he plays bass on a couple and when you can just M words uh, appears on on the album, Jillian Welch uh, sings a, a couple backup, uh, you know, sections. Yeah. So everything uh, about the album is amazing. If you can look at the the personnel that appears on the album, it, the, it's the, just like um, a Felice Brothers or the yeah, right or yeah. is it the other ones? No, it's the Felice yeah. Brothers. I saw uh, Ian and James. I saw yeah. um, Bright Eyes with the Felice Brothers one time. It was really good. Um, I can imagine they like were in overalls and didn't have <laughs> shoes on, <laughs> and it was God. a real good time. Um, but yeah, the whole band they got together for this album is really good, and it's weird. The two albums by Connor or Bright Eyes that I have on vinyl are the top two on my list so it may be i just listen to them in a good uh medium but i've also i originally hear them not on vinyl so uh yeah you usually do digital first but, but um, they do sound the, really nice the 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 craziest thing about salutations being so good is that we heard all these songs already on ruminations or 10 of them anyways and he just he remixes them and makes them into new songs like who do you know that does that? Connor Oberst. It's the yeah. only person I can think of. All right. We're going to move on to our number one albums. Woo! Can I get a drum roll for Bullwinkle's number one? Um... That is not a drum roll. <laughs> but uh, take it away, Bullwinkle. <laughs> there it is. Connor Oberst my number one album mm. um, I like this album because it's a clear departure from the bright eyes um, that we were all familiar with it's got more of that folk rock feel to it and I know the argument can be made there are a lot of folk rocky style bright eyes songs but I feel like this one really takes it to the next level it's got a good blend of that upbeat folk and the melodramatic acoustic folk that you can kind of get those swings between the two um, songs like Cape Canaveral and Eagle on a Pole really fit into that melodramatic acoustic um, feel. They're highly introspective. Uh, they can have a number of interpretations. I know Connor means one thing, but I like that you can kind of interpret it your own way. Uh, songs like Moab and Sold Out take nice. a more in-your-face, yeah, on-the-nose approach. Um, they definitely have a clear thing that you can't really mistake, and it permeates all of those songs. Um, the other thing I really like about this are there are really no bad songs on the album. Mm -hmm. um, there is that random conch horn blowing that I think is kind of weird uh, to be I thrown like in it. there. I, a, I skipped, I skipped that every time. But is that a didgeridoo? <laughs> is it a didgeridoo? I don't know. It no. reminds me of like a <laughs> I don't know what you call it. <laughs> can we, can we have that on the podcast? <laughs> I, I think it'll be okay. All right. But that, that's what it reminds me of, like that ceremonial like horn thing. I don't know what it is. Wait, it's a, that, it's, is that this? For sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, from Cape Canaveral at the beginning through Milk Thistle, the entire album's really good. It really showcases Overs taking his songwriting to the next level. 
it's a clear departure from Bright Eyes, and that's why I really like this album as my number one. It's for me, it's like a transformative album for Connor. Like he, yeah. you can tell he he went from being Bright Eyes to you know stepping out from behind that shadow while still putting out Bright Eyes music. Right. But everything changes with this album. Yeah, he gets away from that formulaic approach that he always kind of took with Bright Eyes, which yeah. is refreshing. Very, very refreshing. And now. The number one for both Badger and myself is the People's Key. Key, 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 key. <laughs> Badger, why do you like the People's Key so much? All right. This album is tripping balls and from another planet sent to Earth on a spaceship by Elon Musk and refined by the atmosphere as it was approaching the planet. Bright Eyes is known to have that intro track. Yeah, (laughs) the intro track. um, That intro track, you know what I'm talking about. That could be considered noise. Um, like on all the albums, right? It's like that first track that maybe it's an overheard phone conversation and like a noisy car ride or static white noise, or in this case, some crazy dude, um, lizard people, right? So yeah, talking about lizard don't, people. Don't don't let this rambling guy throw you off because it, you would be missing out on some awesome songs. Uh, Bullwinkle started uh, saying while we were discussing this week, like a couple of weeks ago, um, that he thought this album was one long song. And uh, it may be in some kind of like beautiful audio movie or something, but from shell games to J June stars to one for you, one for me, this album is just the best so far. So this is a bar Connor. You got to get above it. Uh, the shell games was a great song and, uh, Holly Celesi, job, job bless, job bless. Yeah. And ladder song. Um, they, those were the standouts for me. What Um, about you? I can't say a bad word about this album. Fuck. It's, um, firewall is one of my favorite songs of all time. Grandma. Because of and it's because of the rambling speech of I can't remember the guy's name, um, he but talking about lizard people and then going into the actual song of Firewall, um, you know, every time I listen to it, I literally bust through the firewall into heaven because the rest of the album is just so good. Uh, J June Stars kicks so much ass; it is yep. such a rocking song. Uh, and then you get you approximate sunlight where he slows it back down and then picks it right back up with Holly Celesi. Your job bless. And um, there's not a bad. Yeah, there's not a bad song on this album. It's Connor at his finest songwriting and uh, just musical creativity as far as the, the sounds he's putting out. It's um, it's just a classic for me. The very first time I listened to the album, I knew that it would be one of the, the the my one of my favorite albums of all time it's definitely in like my top five albums of all time Bullwinkle. The, this is one of the yeah. albums i'll be showing my kids and my grandkids and hopefully they they grab onto it like i did my parents music i mean it it's a good album but don't you guys ever find yourself just asking like what the hell's going on like, you mean in general, or like, I'm <laughs> about to say that's my well, entire life already. <laughs> no, just with the album, it just seems so discombobulated, and 
I mean, I know structure has never been a thing for Bright Eyes, but it just, I don't know. It, it, it just seems way, you. it doesn't flow. It's way out there. And that's why I kind of said it sounds like one long song because I don't know where one song stops and the oh, next I, one starts. Yeah, I do. I, uh, <laughs> it I think it just goes with my schizophrenic mind. When the, uh, when the needle hits the vinyl, that's yeah, when then... <laughs> it starts. And then when after you put the needle off the vinyl, flip the vinyl, put it back on the vinyl, and then it spins, 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 then it's done. And then the needle gets off the vinyl. Yeah, I actually uh, I agree. Okay. This, for me, like I don't think I've ever listened to this album like just a song. I think I've put the album on and listened to the whole album every right. time. Because yeah. uh, I don't use vinyl, so it's really convenient for me to just like so you click put a button. the needle on the MP3 and yes, and okay. it spins and spins, spins, metaphorically, spins. and it, it stays in my head right for days. Like MP3, um, right in fact, I'm I'm due round. for a a sit down and listen to, which I might do right after the podcast, just to turn off all Should the lights I in my room. Put it on right now, so we, uh, everybody just listens for an hour and a half to the guy an... talking about lizard people. I'm pretty uh, sure it's... we get sued, or we'd have we to would. pay some money or something. Yeah, we know. would. We don't have the money uh, for that yet. Well, it wasn't that fun. I do apologize for the poor audio quality. I tried to clean up as much as possible. But if you liked this episode and want to listen to more old ones, please let us know and we will consider doing this again. Thanks. Roll the credits, Jeff. Well, that's all for now, folks. Thank you for listening to 12 Bar News. This show is brought to you by Ordeal Studios in Trenton, New Jersey. Audio engineering and sound design by Jeffrey Damon. Our music was created by From Space. And Michael Stanley is our resident Iowan. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio so that you get a new episode each time we release it. More information can be found at 12barnews.com. Thank you. Bye.